Okay, with Clifton J. Adams, Sunflower Nikki is a short film played at the LGBTQ plus uh, film festival. It's about an eight-year-old Nicholas who uh, dreams of owning a Nikki doll and the connotations uh, that come with that kind of just that desire as a as an eight-year-old child, which kind of sets up a nice thematic about what's happening in our society then, past, present, future, and where we need to go. It's like I kind of, this film kind of hit home to me. So I'm assuming this is a personal story for you, Clifton? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in, in my personal experience, I actually did uh, play with dolls and I didn't have a father figure around at the time, so I didn't have anyone to subject to that. Yeah. Um, but uh, personally, uh, I always felt there was like a little less freedom in my ability to do it. Um, and my mom, she was okay with it, but she still had her restrictions about it. Yeah. Um, and so what connected me to write this was the fact that there are kids who don't have that support from either side and aren't able to be free to express themselves um, and who get uh, traumatized for doing so, whether that's physically, mentally, or um yeah. Yeah, no, it, 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 like these are the ages where where uh it starts. You start molding who you are as a human being. And and if you have a resistance of what your natural tendencies or your natural desires are, that's gonna mm-hmm. affect your later on in your life. It's just it just it's just the cold art facts. It's like gonna set up certain yeah. anxieties mm-hmm. and traumas and and that's and it's simple it's just simple things like this that it's in our society where it's still even true today. There's still conventions about what boys should do and what girls should do. Absolutely. Um, and there seems to like be just, a, and whether it's fear or direct hatred, there seems to just be a total um, like drive towards just endangering the child and putting the child in an unsafe position or making them feel bad about themselves or just being free and expressing themselves. Yeah, I guess it's that fine line, I guess, right? Yeah. But you set up like kind of a, it's like a black kind of suburban family and, uh, yeah. and like things are going well for this family, right? They seem to be on their way. And then she, the Clifton's guy, I'm sorry, I called you, I called the main character Clifton, but it's not Clifton, it's Nicholas. <laughs> and, uh, and basically <laughs> Nicholas has like, has the older sisters and, and, he sees what they're doing, right? And he kind of likes it. Yeah. Um, and I grew up with uh, a lot of girl cousins. Yeah. And so that scene was very personal to me because I've been in a situation um, where I was playing with my girl cousins and we would play dolls and do their hair. And there will always be maybe like one that would be like, should you really be doing that? I don't know. I heard that you're a boy. You really shouldn't be playing with dolls. But And most of the time, that's learned behavior that they express um, or they project outside. Like, they don't really care at the end of the day. They're just expressing what maybe they've heard their parents say or um, what their parents have, like, told them that they shouldn't do. Yeah. So it's a nicely put together film. Nice, nice. Uh nicely photographed, nicely directed and great cast. So specifically Nicholas, where did you find Nicholas? Um, He was kind of like a blessing that just kind of, that just popped into our lap. Um, (laughs) 
And that's real. Casting for that role was really difficult. I remember we did maybe three different uh, casting rounds um, and didn't find anyone. There was uh, sometimes we'd have um, kid we had kids submit, but then they won't submit the audition. And I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know if that was maybe sometimes. I know, especially, and this is why this film was important because being a black kid, sometimes your parents might feel that you don't need to be doing certain things, or they might feel that it can, this term that goes around, it can lead to like indoctrination, which I, it's just such a false equivalency. Um, But we were kind of in a stumped place where we didn't have a lead and we just happened on backstage to get an email from this kid through his mom uh, who emailed us through his profile and was just uh, so ecstatic about uh, having an opportunity to audition and then just such talent. After Like the first self-tape just absolutely killed uh, the killed the audition and from there just stuck with us uh through it and really really brought nick really brought nicholas to life so did you already have like the mom and the sisters casted so the mom was the first cast uh she was the first uh actress jacquelet wade okay. uh, the first actor that we cast in the film um and we hadn't gotten we hadn't gotten the kid the dad and it's the cousins so they're they're uh, cousins jordan and alexis oh sorry yeah, um, yeah. oh yeah no worries i mean cousins sisters it's the same it, you know it's it's really kind of the same yeah um and so that's for me because i had two older sisters so i kind of projected my my own yeah go ahead right exactly <laughs> and, and and well and that's the beauty of something that's so universal right uh you see it and you're like okay like these are cousins but it, it represents like your sisters yeah. or you know uh, uh whatever um but yeah we cast the mom jacquet first and uh it, she was also a gold mine just such such talent and nuance in her audition and uh, we didn't have any of the rest of the film yet uh and that was that was an interesting perspective because in my mind i went in the cast i went in the casting with uh our, my other casting partner caleb miller white and we were like, okay, well, we should cast the son first, but uh, eight, uh, cast Nicholas. But sometimes that's not how life works. And yeah. uh, Jack Way Wade was the first one. It was like, okay, well, we have our mom. So now we just cast everything yeah. around her. And it was great. <laughs> well, because they're playing mother and, and, and son, you they have to kind of look similar, which yeah. they did. They kind of look like mother and son. I thought that they, like you, I figured, like, I, I thought this is where it was going. We're like, you said the mom texted you, emailed you, because it was like they they look like mother and son. Yeah, absolutely, and that's where it's just that's what I will always uh, give big ups to uh, Mother Universe. Right, you you never know how she's going to lead you to uh, your destination, um, but she always does it brilliantly, and it's it's it it just happens. Uh, so I just learned to let go uh, and let. Mother God, in essence, and that just kind of like, and that it just kind of happened. We're like, oh wow, they actually kind of look alike. And for us to be down on luck for uh, a Nicholas and to have this one uh, actor, Aiden, kind of just uh, show up in our laps, and to have those similarities to uh, our event, it was just it was a beautiful kind of synocracy that happened. 
It's funny because in the like one of their first scenes together, they were kind they're kind of dressed the same. Was that done on a conscious level? Yes, absolutely. Uh much props to our costume designer, Brittany Campbell, um, who we most of all of the designs is through uh, thrifting. And it, we really wanted to uh, uh, build and, and what she was able to capture brilliantly was the unionization of mother and son. This is very much uh, a love letter to black mothers. And uh, so we really wanted the relationship to feel strong between those two because her journey was the allowance of allowing her child to fully be in himself, you know? Well, she has the arc, right? Like, a, like where Nicholas yeah. is Nicholas, he's going to, he remains who he is good. Unfortunately. And it's the mm -hmm. mother who needs it's That's, that's the art. That's the great thing about your, your film. Whereas like, cause that's what we do with our children is that, we have to change according to their personalities, right? For who they are. Right. And that's, and I, and that is the core of this film because yeah. I, I think a lot of times with kids um, through our society, uh, whether it's the patriarchy, whether it's religion, a lot of times kids uh, seem to be extensions of their parents. Yeah. And so uh, a lot of, so parents drive their kids and build their personalities based off of how they want them to be but that's kids are their own human beings because we all grow up through this world and become adults and, and living, breathing, functioning adults. And so when, when parents don't allow their kids to experience that freedom and allow their kids to naturally grow into themselves, I believe that that is the first instance of trauma. A hundred percent, 100 percent. That's the thing. And like, and that's what happens with with what parents do all, a lot. They they try to mold their child into who they are, right? It's like it's classic human narcissism, right? Exactly. Yeah, right? <laughs> and that's just going to lead to conflict with your mother in the future, and blah blah blah, right? So it's like, and yeah. uh, and but it's like, but then you're also the father figure, right? Where where like where like it's he's the he's the, the brute the strength right and it's hard to overcome a conflict like that yeah um and he he very much represents uh the role of terry he's a very staunch character yeah. um and purposely written him that way because there is um when we do talk about the uh allowance of uh boys or especially young boys to express themselves across the gender spectrum there seems to uh, there seems to be a um like a, a, a regurgence of hatred and fear that happens when boys are expressing themselves femininely uh contrary to when girls are expressing themselves masculinely um there seems to be such uh a disdain for young boys and speaking in my experience uh, and what I see in my community being a, a, a black human being in yeah. this world, yeah. there seems to be uh, an extreme hatred for young black boys and fear of yeah. young black boys who express themselves fem uh, femininely. Yeah. I was, just, I was going to ask that question and you answered it for me. Like there's a, like a certain, there's certain cultures that kind of have that, that, that male kind of, like patriarchal kind of like that male kind of dominant figure where you, you can't be anything but that kind of 
personality, I guess, right? Yeah, and 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 really, that's all just um, created through the society that we live in and the patriarchy. Um, because I, I believe that that's all just learned behavior regurgitating itself uh, through societal norms. And that's, you know, what this bill was about, like breaking that, essentially. <laughs> yeah. And then like the classic, like football, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah the football. Yeah, sport, absolutely. Right? Yeah. And and uh, I, I chose the football because that that speaks to me and and I have two brothers and they both played football uh, growing up. And um, my dad was a a star football player when he was in high school. But I think that can represent baseball, represent soccer or any sports or or anything or boxing or anything that uh, a guy might find superly uh, masculine. Yeah. Well, well, football from a, from an American United States point of view, it represents the male masculinity, right? Right, right. Even though there's a lot of like homoerotic elements of of the of football, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> In most sports, <laughs> yeah, no, but if that's the that's the kind of like I don't know, if it's irony or what's the best? I don't know the best phrase for it's, it. But it's, it's honestly, I I I think it is irony. I think yeah. I think there is I think there is irony in the fact that a lot of. Uh, um, very masculine uh, activities or activities that people deem like this is the way a man should be yeah. are in essence have homoerotic tendencies. I think there is irony in that. That yeah. should be that should be researched. <laughs> well, they're, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm sure someone's made a film about it. I guess right. So right. Like, right. like America is about like football and wrestling, right? And there's nothing mm-hmm. more homoerotic than those two those two activities. I guess right. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so then tell me about this, the the locations because you're you're in the house, and then I got can I call it the fantasy sequence? Yeah, yeah, it's the the fantasy sequence, the dream sequence. Yeah. Um, so we had three different locations. Um, uh, we shot in an apartment uh, for the girls scene. Um, and then the home uh, that we kind of got through, uh, through you know relationships and connections, and uh, we were blessed to able to not have to pay so much for our locations. Um, and for the sunflower field scenes, the the dream scenes, we shot at Hana Farm uh, out here in Costa Mesa, California, which is such a beautiful uh, a beautiful sunflower field, but also. Uh, you know, a lot of it is the beauty of filmmaking. We were very much on the ground um, filmmaking. This was a, a low budget, mm-hmm. uh, independent film, and so a lot of a lot of it was uh, movie magic. You know, guerrilla filmmaking mixed with the movie magic of talented artists and. Um, our cinematographer Monica Mejia, she really did the damn thing. I can I curse? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> damn, right. She really did, and what she was able to help capture with the sunflower field scenes, um, and she really kind of, in her eye, just uh, elevated um, everything to the max for us, for sure. And so this was your first film, correct? 
Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. First one, like fully, um, I've, I've helped, uh, with, I helped one of my friends, uh, as a producer on a film, um, but I wasn't able to be on set for that film. And so this was the first film for me where it was like fully, I was behind the producing of it, directed it, I wrote it, um, and it was an experience and it, it, it was, it, it took three years, um, but it, it was a beautiful, joyful experience. And the film's doing well, correct? Yeah. Um, we just uh, screened at Cinema Diverse Palm Springs. Uh, and that was just such a, a beautiful ride. And um, we are having our L.A premiere uh at the la queer film festival this year uh and then looking forward to the rest of the journey and uh sharing this film and sharing this story with uh with so many folks out there so many queer folks or or folks that are just were weird kids or expressive kids yeah. that just wanted to um be themselves i i think uh, and one of my reasonings with this film for taking sexuality out of it or not making that a part of it is that, um, A, you know, I, I think we, everything in our lives is just so genderized and sexualized because of how we've grown up. And so automatically, if someone sees a boy playing with a doll or wearing pink, they automatically put these, um, yeah other things on them and it's just like this is just a kid being a kid we don't they haven't even hit puberty yet we don't even know what they're going to grow into so why are we placing these things onto these kids and not just letting them be free 100 percent. and like that, that's the that's the whole point it's like just let them do what they want to do like even even in today's world 2023 if you look at toys they they're still there's still that gender divide it's kind of crazy <laughs> Yeah, and, and like in, even the colors, right? Like it's like color pink is it's gonna be a, a girl. A girl likes the color pink, and the you know what I mean. Yes. It's like a boy can't like the color pink, right? Which is wild because, <laughs> like a hundred, maybe a hundred, a hundred and fifty years ago, those colors were switched. Yeah. So pink was a boy's color, and blue was a girl's color. So that just goes to show that human beings are just really we're really all over the place, and just 100%, making up. No, so I'm glad you brought that up because it's like they're like because it is too. It's like it, it changes with the times. So there's a good, perhaps someone's made it already. There's a good film just about the the color pink. Yeah, so, you know what I mean. Like a good like a good documentary something. It's just because it's like it's such a crazy connotation to it. Like it just has this. It's so strange. But and like you said, it was a male dominant um, costume back in the day. But even if they make period piece movies, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they don't show the color pink. Even though it's been documented that they men wore pink, they don't show yeah. period pieces because they it still has that connotation, right? Oh, they right. must be gay if he's wearing pink. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, which is it's so absurd. Um and it 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 oftentimes very scary as we are seeing now. Um when um you know, being in America, when you have uh, the extreme right talking about indoctrination and and going after drag queens and queer folks, and it's so it it's very daunting to see how we've been able to just fully genderize everything. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, it's a, this is a great film. It's a great short film. I'd love to see what you do next. What did you think about, we send the audience to you, what did you think about what the audience had to say about your film? 
It was it was beautiful. Uh, I I thank you all for um, putting those together. Um, it was being this is the first film. Uh, you know, you never really know what to expect, and I just for me, I just hope my people get the story. Uh, that's like my one goal for this. Um, is that people understand the story, gets conversations talking, and to see uh, people really relate to the topic and really kind of actually discuss the conversations that this film is bringing up. I, I think that really hit home for me because I was like, okay, that means that um, that means I did something right. Yeah. Right. That means that this film is doing something right. That it is connecting with people, and and as an artist, that's kind of all I want. That's amazing. Well, I love to talk to you again uh, when you make your next film. I think you're on to something. I thought this one's spectacular. Like I said, it, it, it delivers an amazing message, but also it's, it's a very entertaining film. And you, like you said, it's like it's it's, it's, it's it, from a story perspective, it's the main character obviously is Nicholas, but mm -hmm. it's the mom who has the arc, right? The mom who has yes. she changes. So you kind of did an interesting thing from a storytelling element uh, that and you pulled it off. So Thank congratulations you. on that. Thank you so much, Matthew. Uh, yeah, so I love to see what you do next. Thank you. Me too. <laughs> All right, let's talk again soon then. Sooner than later. Yes. yes. Thank you so much, Matthew. One, two, three, four, five.